Hello and welcome to Create Psychopaths again. Um, this is the intro bit, Matthew. We're here again. We're here again. We're here again. Now, almost weekly now. Almost. Uh, apart from that little break at Christmas, we're we're lovely and regular, just like your nan. Oh no, nans aren't regular. Anyway, we've been um, eating our horror bran flakes. Yeah, I haven't told you that my kids have heard a spooky sound in the house, and uh, of course, I told them that it was something arbitrary. And uh, now they think we've got a ghost called Air Fryer, which uh, is interesting and related to this week's episode of Ghost Watch from 1992. Um, <laughs> and you can my air fryer is broken at the minute, so that's a touchy subject. Oh, I, poly- I apologize. Maybe it was um, some sort of ghost that broke it, or those jalapeno poppers that you were so desperate to eat at Christmas. I don't know. Probably, probably the latter. Probably. probably. But if it was a ghost, and the ghost was a fan of horror movies and wanted to join a, a lovely little Facebook community for them, where would you suggest that he go? I believe that the best place for him to go would be Creative Psychopaths. If he searched Creative Psychopaths on his ghostly uh, smartphone, then uh, he'd be able to join our... Or they, or her... You know. I was going to say that there's a second ghost who who is female, and she says, I don't have Facebook. What about Twitter and Instagram? Oh, well, we are available on Instagram. There is a Twitter account. You can follow it if you want nothing. Uh, I don't really... I think Twitter's either too old for me or too young for me. I don't understand it, and I don't want to be part of it. Plus, isn't somebody on there not very nice now? I don't know. I don't follow the news. Anyway, um, this intro is far too long. <laughs> Download yeah. the episode, everybody, and uh, you know, prepare yourself for very bad Michael Parkinson impressions. everyone and welcome to creative psychopaths my name's michael parkinson not really it's me mark and always with matthew i told you to prepare for bad um michael parkinson questions and and questions impressions well i can promise you i am not going to do a bad craig charles impression well but you could try you try I, a listener i could try but i'm, I'm not going to no no. And I forgot to mention, of course, we are the premier kitchen for horror sandwiches. What are those horror sandwiches? Ask us no questions and we'll tell you no lies. Um, but all you need to know is there'll be a film filling surrounded by delicious bready slash talky goodness. That was pretty good for me, that. That was almost almost to the point. And and you you sold it. I'm yeah. I'm hungry now. Delicious. Delicious. So this week, Matthew, I've, be, I've found myself getting lost in a virtual Burkittsville woods um, as I attempted the Blair Witch game. But uh, it was a very confusing game. Um, I got lost in the woods while I was playing it. I had no idea where I was going. And was Is a, that the point of the game? There was a dog barking at me. And I think I'm supposed to go where the dog goes. I couldn't see where the dog was. And this was before even the sort of, why don't you use the flashlight section? This was the daytime bit. But uh, anyway, the point of that game is somebody's, a kid's got lost in the woods. So you join a search party and then there's magic videotapes. I I want to take issue with them putting a dog in a video game that's likely to be harmed. I think that's... That's unethical. Even even digital dogs deserve better than that. Yeah, it's interesting actually because you can interact with the dog and right at the beginning of the, the can game. You pet it, the dog. Yeah, yeah, and feed it biscuits. Okay, well, the, I'm coming round. And right at the beginning of the game, it says to you how you treat Bullet. I think the name is of the dog is how you treat Bullet will affect how he relates to you towards the end of the game. So I figure. 
I think it'd be nice to him, but then I also think maybe that's what the game wants me to do. So maybe I, I mean, that's what I want you to do. Yeah, well, I want to be nice to the dog too. I've I've no intention of being mean to the dog, but what kind of dog is he? Uh, German Shepherd. Oh, that's a good dog. Man, yeah. too, have German Shepherds. Yeah, well, I think you play like a former policeman, so you're joining you're joining the hunt, and then um, you. Uh, like I say, I got I got lost. I managed to get to the night time. Um, it's a little bit it's a little bit scary, but like. I actively am annoyed with the character because he does things that I wouldn't do. <laughs> like he keeps coming across those um, witch things, you know, the stick things, and just crushing things, and just crushing them to pieces. And I'm like, stop doing that. So. No, I, um, I I can't really relate on the video game front. I started playing the quarry just before Christmas and got a fair a fair way through. I'd, I'd probably say maybe halfway. Uh, and then we went on holiday for Christmas, so we, we 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 put it away. And since I've come back, I've just been playing Power Washer Simulator. Yeah, yeah, which is a game I really want to play because apparently it's I, incredibly relaxing. I am very relaxed. I, I've cleaned all manner of things from a, a tree house to a skate park with boats and planes in between. It does sound like a tree. I, I, I'm going to have to look into this game. Is it available on the old PlayStation? I, I assume it is. I, I'm an Xbox uh, man myself. I got a free game pass with my my internet, so I'm. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to play. You know all those, those fun games you've got on there. You know they got the the Guardians of the Galaxy game. They got the uh, Star Wars games. I thought, yeah, they'll, they'll be good. And no, so far I've only played Power Washer Simulator. Well, I. Started typing in Power Washer Simulator into PlayStation, but the game it's suggesting I play is Run Sausage Run. So uh, I don't, I don't not don't feel that's the same game. I'm not even sure what the game would be. Are you a sausage that runs? Do you have to catch the sausage? Run Sausage Run, hot diggity dog. That's a fine looking hot dog. You never saw, you never sausage a sausage. Get it? Saw such a sausage? Ah, I get it. And then it says, "Stop punning and start running." This adventure run is a hot dog's dream. Oh no! Oh, that's. Uh, I want I like, to kill this sausage now. I like that they've tried to be hilarious without. It looks. It looks like. It looks fine. Run sausage run. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't be putting down power washer simulator for it. <laughs> No, well, you might. Maybe you maybe you do. Maybe maybe someone out there, one of our delicious viewers, delicious viewers, viewers, listeners, would like to play Run Sausage Run and give us a an updated whatever. Um, so there you go. That was the sort of hello, we're here portion. Um that was uh I'd probably say that that's gotta be our longest preamble yet, hasn't it? Yeah, a little bit of preamble. You can't, you can't be. Uh, actually, I think the one bef- after Christmas was very long preamble. Mm. I'm going to delete that bit. Um, <laughs> not the preamble, the bit talking about the preamble. Because now I'm just ambling on. Uh, anyway, um, so we're gonna, uh, we were going to be joined by a guest this week, but unfortunately, they were. Uh, Tied up and unable. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if it was they were in a, tied up in a saw trap of some kind, but they were tied up and unable to join us. So we're going to be bringing you Ghost Watch, which um, we said we were going to bring you. So that's exciting. But we're, first, we're sticking true to our word. We're not going to. No, we're not going gonna... to get the hat trick of uh, unfortunate rearrangements. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going to do that. But firstly, we thought since. You know, we had a we had the original scream last week, and with a new scream coming out, we thought we might poke at it a bit and see if we can think about what might happen in it. I've got a feeling there might be some murders in it. I I think you're pretty, you're in safe ground there. Yeah, I think we we know that that's going to be the case. Put that on the bingo card. You, so. You at, at the time of recording, we've only just got a brand new trailer for it. Right. Uh, but you've not seen this yet, have you? You're trying to avoid it. I have avoided it, yes, because I'm 
Uh, no, I'd, I'd like to go in as surprised as I can, I think. See, I I like to do the same as well. And then uh, the other day I sent a friend a trailer to uh, the new Ant-Man film. So no, oh. no, I didn't send them to it. I, I avoid, advised them not to watch it. I said, that, you know, it's, it's going to give away a bit, bit too much. And uh, they, they pointed out quite rightly that, you know, they go to the cinema a lot like me. So yeah. they're just going to see it anyway, so they might as well watch it. So I took that logic into the new screen trailer. So I have watched it. Right. Just because um, I knew I was going to end up seeing it anyway at some point. Yeah. I mean, well, I suppose I probably will end up seeing it at some point anyway. But for now, I've saved it for myself. Because when is that due out? The 10th of March, by the looks of it. So 10th of March. So, so you know. We'll we'll have a review episode out around then. We'll. Uh... Oh yeah, for sure. There's no way we we know where we're skipping out on that. We'll we'll dive straight in head head first. Uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. So they're going to set the they're setting this in the city. They've taken it out of Woodsboro or Holly a Hollywood lot, and they're going to set this in. Is it New York? New York. It is New York. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's that's not that unusual. Most of them are moved around, aren't they? I mean, the second one was at, at the university. No, I, campus, I, I, guess, I, I guess it was. I guess it was. But I think I've always felt like they were in sort of enclosed environments. Even the Hollywood one always felt very on set almost. <laughs> yeah, there's kind yeah. of sort of unspoken borders around them, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. I guess that that is going to to make for a difference. I think as well for this one is certainly from the trailer. It looks as if more of the stuff's going to be taking place in public. Oh, uh, so the there's scenes in shops and on the subway and that. So that's probably something that we're when we've not really seen before, have we? No, it's always you know, been most very... of the kills have been in houses, haven't they, or schools and. Yeah, and it's not usually until the sort of back end that anybody gets killed in front of anybody. It's usually all sort of not off screen for us, but off screen for the characters. So it will be interesting to see that. Yeah, um, so I think we're going to get ghost faced in this one as more of a, you know, a public nuisance rather than. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, someone who's targeting victims like he usually is. I'm just. What worries me is. Like I said about last week with Scream is how they're going to try and tie it into movies um, and how potentially annoying characters are going to tell us how it ties into movies. Um, But I suppose that's just going to happen. That's just part of Scream now, I think. Um, Well, I'm just thinking, though, is this the film where they stop doing that? Where they stop? Yeah. Is that is that the only way they can really play with the formula now? Maybe. You know, there's there's not much that they can really do, can they? You know, you know, we said when you know the the last one came out, it's like, oh, are they, are they going to play with that new breed of elevated horror? And they sort of paid it lip service and then didn't really do anything with it. No, they delivered a sort of slasher, a, a yeah. standard slasher, and I think we're probably still going to get still going to get that this time. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> looks like it's going to be the case. Yeah, uh, I mean, which is good because you know you, you we need you know variety in horror, and we can't you know if every horror film was Get Out, it wouldn't would make it much less interesting. That's true. That is yeah. very true. So, I th- I think what's going to happen this time is we're going to see uh, a surprise return character who, who might be the killer. Um, are you saying here that you expect Neve Campbell's? Contract negotiations to have been a ruse, and she's actually ghost first now. I'm not saying that. I hadn't even thought about that, but I don't think that. But how how wild would it be if that's that would, did? That would be super clever, wouldn't it? How good would that be? Oh. Well, it, I mean, in terms of the character of Sydney Prescott, it would be awful. But <laughs> in terms of uh, gaming the public, I'd be impressed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. You could so you could see a cracking over time, I guess. Uh, mind you, like you say though, for for Sydney, it doesn't really it doesn't really work. I've I've been thinking all day today, trying to think about it, and I was just trying to think how the how they would try and bring Billy Loomis back from the dead. Um, well, they did that weird sort of uh, ghost conscience thing, didn't they? They did. They did. That was so weird. It was that was so weird in that movie because it was like, is he inside her? Is she? What's going on? Is he a ghost? So, oh, ghost face. Oh, I think you've hit on something there. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering if they'll if they can manage to rope Skeet or Rick in somehow and go. Oh, it's look. It, it's his brother. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know what they're gonna do. But uh, I know you've told me what the Scream formula is. Um, so do, do we announce that on the podcast? I think maybe if we wait for the newest, the newest one, and we'll uh, we'll talk about whether it works out. How's that? When we do the newest film. Well, I don't know because I kind of want to say it now, so then if it does happen, that everyone can see how clever I am. But if it doesn't happen, then I can say, "Oh, they finally did it and played with the rules." It's like I've maneuvered this no lose situation for myself that I kind of think I need to. I just need to let it out to to put it forward. Go mental then. Right, so it's also known as the ITV Sunday night drama rule, is this. <laughs> so the the rule is, is the most famous person who's not part of the regular cast is the is the villain, because why else would you get them in? You know, you're not going to get in the, you know, the person who's being paid the most and just getting them to just be a, a you know, milk toast character. So with that in mind, I'm saying that the the only logical killer can be Samara Weaving. Or possibly that kid who was in Spider-Man and the Grand Budapest Hotel. Hmm. Who's that? Why am I seeing Anna Taylor-Joy here? She's not in it as far as we know, but if she is in it, then she'd be the killer. I'm just looking at the cast list, and for some reason she's in the cast list. But she's not in that. I don't know why they've I don't know why they've listed her as being in that. I'm just gonna say it's her. Yeah, Scream Six. I'm gonna say oh. it's her. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> well the, the other thing that they could possibly do is say that it's uh, is Kirby as she's come back. Although part of me thinks that they've brought her back just because they couldn't get Neve Campbell. So they just thought, what you know, what other pieces can we pick up for this? Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be I I I honestly don't think uh they're gonna make it that that obvious. I think they were gonna really try and I really hope they're gonna really try and do something with it. You want Jason Takes Manhattan again, don't you? But Ghostface. Yeah, but you know, I actually want them to be in New York, not in New York for two minutes, like Jason in Manhattan. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's... I mean, the, you know, from the trailer, it looks as if they are properly doing New York. You know, there's, there's a scene in a bodega. You know, that that's a what what else says New York apart from you know the Brooklyn Bridge or the Empire State Building? It's it's little corner bodegas. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be fun, and we we're gonna go see it uh, and enjoy it. Uh, yeah, enjoy it. I, I may hate on it later, but I'll probably enjoy it when I watch it. Um, because that's my thing. That's what I do. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a very healthy way to uh, to go through films is to, you know, you you if you enjoy the one instinct, it probably means that you're going to enjoy them full stop. But if over time you start seeing the flaws, <laughs> that that's criticism. That's how it works. That's what you're supposed uh, to do. Oh, uh, that's how it works, is it? Eventually, you'll come back round. Oh, really? Well, you remember last week you said that you, you loved Scream, 
You grew to hate Scream. You came all the way back round. I did. I came all the way back round with Scream. Um, yeah, yeah. No, well, I think um, it's in helping that I've been watching good films. So um, I think that's been helping my movie brain. Movie brain. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't know if we really predicted anything there or we just talked about it. Um, well, was... I, I said Samara Weaving's going to be the killer. And I said Anna Taylor-Joy, even though I'm not really sure that she's in it. But if she is in it, I'll say it's her. Um, no, I, do you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Skeet Ulrich. I don't no, know No, I've actually got... I've got the IMDb know. up in front of me. Okay. And every actor in this film has a character name next to it. Except her. Except Samara Weaving. Ooh. So you think it might be her? I'm calling it. And if they don't do it, I'm still right because they played with the formula. <laughs> I love this get out clause that you've given yourself. It's very clever. Hey, <laughs> I've been saying this, uh, you know, since Scream 2, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have you been right since Scream 2? I guess you have, haven't you? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Scream 2 was. What's his face? <laughs> it was Timothy Oliphant, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, and then I'm trying to remember Scream 3. Scream 3 is the like the worst one for my money. Yeah, I'm trying to think who it was, because I'm sure it wasn't a very big... Because you would have thought it would have been Patrick Dempsey, but it, it was Scott Foley, wasn't it? So, yeah, I think at that point, though, Patrick Dempsey wasn't really in it. You know, he'd not done Grey's Anatomy at that point, had he? So, no, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the same with uh, you know, Emily Mortimer that she hadn't. What was You Scott could say Bell? that in that case, it really should have been Jane Silent Bob because they were in Scream 3, <laughs> weren't they? Oh, that is, that is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um... And then in Jane Silent Bob, it was Bubbles the Ape who was the killer. Right, of course it was, yes. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, in Scream 4, it was Emma Roberts. Uh, I'll take it. Scream 5 was, um, what's Jack his Quaid. face? Jack Quaid, yeah. All right. So well, hopefully it pans out and your your plan is right. And... Or they, they, they do something different and we, we get to see something fun. Something fun. Lovely. Well, there you go. That's your first slice of Screamy bread. Um, but now let's talk about Ghost Watch. Let's Ooh, do it. Very scary stuff. So here's your fill in, everybody. Ghost Watch 1992. Now, if you're not familiar with Ghost Watch from 1992, it was a BBC made for TV movie. Um, following the format of being a sort of in studio show, like a live studio show that kept cutting to um, on location. Um, and the on location stuff is the sort of haunted house thing. Um, this uh, was directed by Leslie Manning and written by Stephen Voke. Um, it starred Michael Parkinson as himself, Sarah Green as himself, Mike Smith as himself, Craig Charles as himself, Julia Bevan as Dr. Lynn Pascoe, Brid Brennan as Pamela Early, Michelle Wesson as Susan Early, and Sharice Wesson as Kim Early. Um, the last two being sisters, of course. Sisters in real life and sisters in the show. Um, as I understand it, they were um, found at acting school. They were both there and they went, yeah, you you two will do. Uh <laughs> So this movie, I don't know how much you've looked into it, Matthew, because this movie's got a bit of a, it's a bit of a sort of, um, well, excuse my language, but it's a bit of a sort of bastard love child of BBC. They showed it once and it's never been shown again on BBC. Yeah, uh, so I've, so I, I pers sorry, purposely didn't do any extra research for this one because yeah. I know that you've, you've done it. So I kind of wanted to sit in as a spectator, but Ghost Watch does have this very 
small, uh, I don't even want to say fan base, but just group of people that remember it. Because I think yeah, everyone yeah. that did see it, it left an impact on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my my other half, she's uh, a fan of Josh Widdicombe, the, uh, the nasal-voiced comedian. Oh, yeah. And he did uh, he wrote a book that we we had the audio book for listening to in the, in the car and he did it all about 90s tv uh, and he had a whole chapter dedicated to ghost watch oh so wow we, we kind of, sort of got an idea about it from then uh you know just on top of all the the other little bits and pieces that we you know you, you hear about yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much more information I'd be able to give you than you actually than you actually know. But what I do know about this film is, and I think maybe we should talk more a, a, a little bit about, you know, the movie itself before we delve into its rich rich, rich history. Because um, actually, it's a pretty good horror movie. Um, certainly, sitting in that sort of found footage genre. Um, yes, yeah, so I think the 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 biggest thing to to really notice about this is that it's a made for tv movie and probably the only made for tv movie i can think of where that's not a mark of poor quality yeah yeah you know made made for tv movie for for our younger listeners is basically the straight to streaming of its day but worse but worse yeah (laughs) but this i mean this is a film that could it could only be on TV, couldn't it? Can you imagine going to a cinema and just being like, why is, fuck is Michael Parkinson there? <laughs> you know, yeah, so it's yeah. it's deliberately designed to be a TV movie because it's, I mean, it's fake, isn't it? It's made to, it's supposed to be a TV broadcast. And I mean, I will probably get to this later, but I'm led to believe it was, it was advertised as, you know, a TV special and, you know, one of a potential series of, well, you know, callings about hauntings. Well, so Stephen Vogue uh, was it was asked to write uh, a series, uh, and the series was based around um, almost based around like a TV show where people went to houses to sort of um, try and find ghosts and stuff like that. And the last episode that he wrote was based around a lot a sort of live um tv show which is like what we got I th- over t- over time he wasn't allowed to do the whole thing but it had they said could you sort of cram it cram this whole thing into you know one episode or a movie but he sort of looked at it and decided that that last episode was the only one that sort of could stretch out into a sort of entire film um so of course that's what they did, and so yeah, it started its life as a sort of TV series, but eventually turned into this thing. And um, maybe I will get a little bit into the history of it anyway. Basically, what happens is it had a sort of War of the Worlds effect, really, where people tuned in just a bit too late, and you know they had Michael Parkinson on TV who you know, it's about as trusted as British broadcasters get. Well, that's, you know, that's the, it's so inspired, isn't it? Because it's Mm. not, you know, you can't make this with, with an actor because it's going, it's going on TV. So if you're going on TV, you expect a TV presenter Mm. and, you know, who you were, you know who are you going to get as a TV presenter for this type of thing that's going to be better than Michael Parkinson? You well, you you're not going to get anybody. Yeah. So, um, and the good thing about like, so the director of this, Leslie Manning, really had quite a sort of um, job ahead of her, really, because she was she's a she she's a sort of not theatrical is not the word, but dra- a drama um, director. So she's sort of thrown into this idea where it is a drama that you're filming, um, but you have to make it like a live television show. And so obviously, I think, like you know, that's, Michael Parkinson for me is, is, is the performance of the, you know, the show. I think he's great in it. Yeah. Uh, because he was, because they sort of 
just let him do his Michael Parkinson thing. Like he had beats that he needed to hear, you know, like, and they did give him a script, but he found it. They found that when he was reading scripted words, it was because he's not a trained actor. Um, it wasn't as good, but when they let him be his, do his Michael Parkinson thing, you know, against sort of Dr. Or Jillian or Dr. Lynn Pascoe, as she was, it just works amazingly. Yeah, I think that the rest of the the cast don't have that same that same magic from it. Uh, no, I think Craig Charles is you know, I think he's a, he's a decent actor. You know, he's you know, Red Dwarf doesn't really command great acting, does it? Uh, you know, as good as Lister is, uh, but uh, you know, and the rest of the time it's. Uh, you know, in Coronation Street and soap opera stuff. So he's not been like stretched as an actor, but he's, you know, he's still about that Craig Charles. I would say uh, Susan Green, isn't it, in the house? She's Sarah Sarah Green. Sarah Green. She holds it together quite well. Well, she was a trained actor as well, you see. Right. Um, She didn't actually get into acting because you probably, like me, know her from stuff like, I think she was going live. I think she did do going live. And um but she also did things like this, like Hospital Watch and stuff like that. So she was known for this sort of TV show. So it wasn't out of place to have her there. Um so that was again, to be honest, genius casting. And she was cast first. And Mike Smith, who was her husband, he didn't come in until later, but of course they came to them with this idea and the fact that the husband being in the studio and her out there again had added another level to it that again just works. Yeah, it gives it an extra little dynamic there, doesn't it? it? Which it is... does, it does. To be uh, honest, like from an acting point of view, you're talking about it's the sort of people in the house let it down a bit. Um but you kind of think with the people in the house not being great actors that they they have that get out clause of they're not supposed to be actors. That they're not actors. That the you know they're supposed to be you know natural people, aren't they? You know, just doing mm. what what normal people do. But at the same time, they're on TV on a live broadcast. So you kind of you know we've seen people react in all different ways on TV. So, so they kind of have that get out of jail that they can do whatever they want. Yeah. And they're kind of going to get away with it because, you know, people act in all sorts of ways when they're being filmed for live TV. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's very true. I think it's just like, I think from my point of view, if I'd watched it live, I wouldn't have put, picked up on it. But because I know they're acting, it sort of feels like they are, if you know what I mean. Um but yeah, it's an interesting. It, it it's got like I say, it's got quite an interesting history, and I think I could, I could dig right, right, right into it. Um, and there's some good documentaries about it. But yeah, um, it got a heck of a lot of complaints because, as I say, people came in too late, not right at the start where there's there are opening credits, um, and you know it did say there was even an announcement before it came on saying, Oh, here's a film brought to you by whoever. But because, because it got so many complaints, people at the BBC, like the big people in the BBC just back, back, backtracked completely on it. And they were like, Oh, which is, you know, we didn't know it was going to be like this. And it's the wrong thing to do. Surely that's a sign of how good it is. (laughs) You know, you've, that you've got these people. Well, yeah, one of the the documentary that I've watched, which I'll actually just mention now because there's two documentaries going, but one of them's really good and one of them's... Yeah, so the one, there's one called Ghost Watch Behind the Curtains, which is from uh, oh, 2012, so it's quite old. Um, quite old, 2012. Um, but it's really, it's, that's really, really interesting to watch. And one of the things was it's like nobody cared about the good stuff about it. All they cared about was the bad stuff. And, you know, people like, certainly like Michael Parkinson and Sarah Green were getting sort of dragged through like, oh, how could you do, we trust you sort of thing. And it's like, it's like they were saying, if it had been on Channel 4 at the time, nobody would have batted an eyelid, you know, but because it was on the Beeb, on the, on, on your mother, if it will, if you will, it, um, 
yeah, caused all kind of controversy. And like I say, it's never been shown on um, on the BBC since. In fact, getting hold of watching a copy was quite difficult for some time. I I just got a Blu-ray, but I think it was quite a recent release. I mean, that's it, that that whole thing is kind of something that that doesn't sit particularly well with me because I think we 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 settle into to films because we want to believe the lie. Mm-hmm. You know, we we want to be fooled. We, like that that magic is a whole industry of people lying to us. Found footage is a whole genre of film that that's all there because we want to to settle in and believe that this thing is happening because it makes it it makes it so much more effective and enjoyable when it does. Yeah. And I, I agree. The idea that, that people complained, I mean they didn't they didn't complain because it was irresponsible or you know, because it was, you know, somehow wrong to do or immoral or a lie or anything. I, I'm almost certain that people complained because they didn't twig it was the lie at any point and felt stupid. Yes, yeah, yeah. That 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 com- that comes up a lot. That does come up a lot. That um, that I think that's what people they they felt duped, and I think that's what it was. They'd been duped, and um, you know, people can say what they want, and a lot of the excuses were well, a lot of things that you just said that it probably isn't. But in all in all honesty, the people just felt like they were they'd been dragged in because it's scary you know as as movies go it's got i mean i hate saying this sometimes but you know like it didn't scare me that much but there are moments in it where you go wow this is really good i'm it's just clever what they've done here you know and i I, think one thing i picked up watching it this time is this is actually when you sort of drill into it this is a very generic horror film, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it starts, you know, we're set up, we're told that there's there's a haunting going on, we're shown some evidence, which is, you know, quite hard to believe, you know, it, it it's very easy to find an explanation for it. So, you know, we're put into this, you know, idea of scepticism. And then we're opened up with a little jump scare with Craig Charles jumping out and... You know, it's a scare that's nothing to do with the supernatural. And then, you know, we, we start ramping up. We start, the, you know, the, the the hauntings become more and more intense. There's also more and more doubt thrown in to counterbalance it the whole time. And then eventually it just, you know, it builds into that crescendo. You know, this is stuff that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But somehow it's been put in this format and it it feels even now it feels quite fresh. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Um, it's well, it's a gen- it's the genius of film. It, it, it's the genius of well, I I want to say you know Leslie Manning and Stephen Vogt are sort of still riding the tails of it now because it it's that good and people like um, oh, I think I think his name's Oren. Peel or something. He the the paranormal activity guy. Uh, you know, he cited this as one of the inspirations for paranormal activity. Or in Pelly, well, sorry. You know, let, let's be let's be fair. This is seven years before the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah. This is you know, this is not it's not the birth of fan footage because that's been going on for such a long time, and it, but it is. It is there, like you say. The, the it's uh, the the bones of an amazing horror. Well, not even the bones, the bones and flesh of a of a great horror film. Um, it's certainly of its time, and it's of a TV budget. So, but things like, um, but there's a lot of I think fun, clever stuff that they do in this, where they where they pick about with the audience, where you know there's there's the bit where they sh- where they're reviewing footage. And the, and there's clearly a figure on the screen, and yeah, the people in the studio are going, no, no, I just can't see it, and it's like, but also they show footage at the same time where there's clearly no one on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's very, it's very clever because I can imagine. I think even I was doing it the first time and watching it going, no, there's clearly somebody there. Stop missing it. Yeah. And... Just can't quite see what it is that you're looking at there. What do you think, Doctor? <laughs> but I think that's that's also you know quite a, a strength to the film as well because throughout the whole thing, they're, they're presenting it as, you know, nobody really believes this, do they? You know, there's this one woman, uh, you know, who's a psychic investigator who's who's in this, and she's like believing it all the time. So I think they put this bit with the figure in and have her say, "Oh no, that's nothing," because they want you know us later down the line to go, "Oh, she's discounting stuff that's not real." So whenever she says something is believable, we know it's real. Right. <laughs> So, you know, they, they set her up for that. But then, you know, the idea is that, like, all of these, this, this whole show is being set up to just be like, you know, no one really believes it. We're just having a bit of fun with it. And and they've got that American bloke in it who's, you know, the, the skeptic and Michael Parkinson's, like, dragging his feet the whole time. She'd be like, you know, you, you really believe this? And then they have the, the little bit with the girl hoaxing, and it's like, you know, this is definitely a hoax, what we're playing at. And yeah, the, you know, the, and the best the... piece of evidence you can get is just this shitty tub full of broken crockery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Michael Parkinson's reaction. Reaction. Michael Parkin. Michael Parkinson's reaction to the um the hoax bit. Because it cuts back to him and he's going, Oh, sorry about that. You know, we wasted your time. I'm sorry, Doctor, but it's all crap. And you know, like to me, to me, what I love about that is that Michael Parkinson, I think because we know him as a presenter, seems to be actually getting mad about the situation. Like, I'm pissed off that I've signed up to this and it's turned out to be bollocks, you know, like, and he wasn't going to believe it anyway, but this is just like two kids arsing about. But then that's the thing as well, you know, by the time that the end comes round, like, it feels massive. Like, yeah, yeah. There's not, you know, <laughs> it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sort of a naff way to wrap the film up, isn't it? In in a lot of ways, but it doesn't feel like it because it's you know they, they've done that Michael Parkinson like writing the whole thing off, and then when all this stuff happens that you can't argue with, you're like, oh, oh shit, this is yeah, yeah, this is good. And they also you know you're saying earlier about the TV budget as well. I just want to talk about just that that incredible way they get around. Uh, you know, having that limited budget of just having that, oh yeah, we've just got a phone call in and it's from, you know, this bloke in South Wales. And yeah. they, all they just do is show a map of South Wales <laughs> with a little flashing light where the bloke is and yeah. him just telling a story about he's being haunted. Yeah. And then they just do that, what, three times, I think, off the top of my head? It's well, like... an interesting fact about that is those were real people with real stories. Um that they didn't actually, um, you know, it wasn't obviously it wasn't live, but they did get these people with these actual stories to come in and and tell these stories. So, so that was quite interesting. So um, did they tell them? Because they they had the they. The, I mean, the it was obviously the filmed telling the stories, didn't they? they? Had the one bloke who had his face blurred, and then another one where it cut out. Yeah, I think there were there were genuine. Uh, I might have missed. Got that. I think there were genuine stories, but I, they were probably actors. They just they, did they like tailor them to. They included them as part of as part of the show because you know yeah. you notice in the show there's a phone number there, um, and yeah, they actually... 081-811-8181. Yeah, we all know that one, um, and apparently they actually had parapsychologists manning the phones, and and they got thousands of phone calls that night. Um, because I think I, I, I think it was Leslie Manning said it would be sort of unethical to have that there and people not be able to call in, especially if they're dealing with something like, you know, not necessarily that people believe in the paranormal, but if they need someone to talk to about it, then they had that available to them. So it was genuinely a genuinely phone call that people could ring in, and uh, they, yeah, they got thousands of phone calls. That's it that that night about it. I think I'm if getting... you don't have a, an active phone line for that number, though, it sort of gives the game away, doesn't it? 
It does. It does. But yeah, it's um, yeah, really good. Um, well, what are some of the things I wanted to? Some of the things that I thought were were interesting, even though it's clearly obvious, is that obviously the studio stuff and the outside stuff are totally separate from each other. Um, they recorded the the stuff in the house about I think two months earlier, something like that. So they obviously fit it all together as part of, of as part of one thing. So yeah, that's a very nice edit. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have twigged that really. No, no. I kind of had it in my head that it was you know sort of like a stage production that they've you know that they just cut down but no it was all it was all it was all filmed separately the funny thing is when you know that and you go back you can see you could see just in some cases where that's the case um where sarah green's clearly not listening to anything um and she doesn't quite respond appropriately but it's very like it's only if you know if you know um and minimal um the other uh, what i what i thought was really not really interesting but <laughs> the bbc would only let them have um control of either a um a drama team or an outside production team um because obviously they were doing an outside production but they were like no you, you can't have you can't have two different things so of course Leslie Manning chose to have a drama team. So when they go, when they cut to the sort of um, the outside production team, that big production bus that they've got there is not an actual BBC one. They just decorated it to look like one. So it's got nothing going on in it. Um, They just had to use what they had as far as like, you know, like the drama budget was concerned. Oh, that was really uh, quite one of the interesting facts about it. So they had their hands tied, but they just threw together such an amazing uh, film. I think it's, um, I think it's really great. I know. Yeah, I, know. I, I I fully agree with you. Yeah. I, I I have sort of three little things I think I, I want to say left okay. about. So do you remember last week mm-hmm. how we were talking about Scream and you mm-hmm. were talking about the idea of the, the footage on a delay? Yeah. Ghostwatch did it first. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Pipes the ghost. He's he's setting a delay on his, you know, nationwide seance. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, was good. Yeah. And uh, what did I? What else did I have? So uh, yes. So if anyone uh, listening, there is a bit at the beginning where. The where Susan Green, sorry, Mrs. Green. I'm Sarah. Say, I can't remember if it's Susan or Sarah. I've got Sarah, it there. it's Sarah. <laughs> is there a Susan in this? Uh, one of the kids is called Susan. Right. Okay, so I'm not going, you know, fully stupid on this. <laughs> so, yeah, Sarah Green points to the cameraman and says that he looks like Mike Gatting. Uh, Mike Gatting was a, a former England cricketer. Uh, he looked a little bit like the block, but not too much. Yeah. Uh, actually, to be fair, I think, I think that might be. Oh, I did. I did. I was actually going to say the little subtle scares. Did you pick up on them uh, of, of the pipes, the ghost sightings? Possibly not. <laughs> so that there was a bit where the the cameraman zooms uh, around the room. And spots him and then looks back and nothing's there. Yeah. So there was that one. There was also the bit in the kitchen where she gets scared by the cat and she, she bends down and in the reflection of the, the doors, pipes the ghost is stood behind them. No, I don't think I saw that now. I'm going to have to no. go, go back and watch it again. I, I was I'm hoping that you were going to pick up some other instances that I missed there. No, I... I... I've been very drawn into the history of this film <laughs> so much that um, I probably w- haven't watched it as much as uh, as I wanted to because I've just been so, um, yeah, like I say, drawn into it. I think it just, it, it's so odd to me that the BBC haven't even touched it since as well. Like, it's clearly got a following and people are clearly a smarter audience now. And not only that, they've got BBC four and stuff like that. It hasn't made it onto any other 
channel or anything like that. It's such an odd duck because, you know, just lately it's had a bit of a resurgence. I know you saw it, but other people I've I've known have seen it too. Um, so yeah, it's just um, so interesting to me. The and and the amount of like facts about you know all the the things that they had to do to get it, get it going and um, yeah, just really great. The 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 one last fun fact I've got for you is um, after it was on television, Michael Parkinson's mum rang him up and went, "Oh, it was terrible what happened at the studio, wasn't it? Are you all right? <laughs> it wasn't real, mother." You know what? I, I'm as as unpleasant as this might sound. I'm actually shocked that Michael Parkinson's mum was still alive when this was made because he looks about <laughs> seventy, doesn't he? <laughs> He's, he's kind of always looked like that, hasn't he, Michael? He's always Park. looked about 70, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. So it I suppose I don't know how much we've really said about it, but um if you want to watch this film, I actually did post a link to it uh that you can watch on the internet on the Facebook group. Um so you can find it. It is available. Um and obviously there's a Blu-ray out there. And also, you know, petition the BBC because the, this is something that the BBC should be proud of. You know, they, they've they produced as as they so have, often have in the past something, you know, genuinely groundbreaking and you know forward thinking. And you know, this is you know there, there was that story in, in the seventies where they were going to tape over all of the tapes to Monty Python the Holy Grail. Uh, sorry, just to Monty Python's Flying Circus to save the room. Like, they don't have that issue with this. <laughs> no. You know, so the, the, unlike then when they, they were making a admittedly bad decision that thankfully they, they weren't able to, you know, they didn't go through with, they're, they're willfully suppressing this just because either they don't think that there's the interest or, you know, like you said, they had the complaints and, because they did, they just put it on a shelf somewhere and ignored it. You know, this is, you know, we, we're, as as Brits, we are lucky to have quite a, you know, I mean, we, we overpunch, don't we, culturally? We, we're, we've got a very big cultural footprint for the size of country we are. Yeah. <laughs> this this fits in with that. This fits in with any of the, mm. the, the you know, high culture marks that, we, that we've produced over the last, you know, 30 years. We we should be proud of this. We should market it. You know, mm. this is the type of thing we should be saying. You know, without this, you wouldn't have a Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Without this, you wouldn't have a Paranormal Activity. But for some reason, we're not doing. No, no. Even uh, um, it boggles the mind. It boggles the mind. I mean, it, it's it's a film good enough to have a documentary made about it. So, in fact, two. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, it's a creative psychopath for me. Um. Yeah, absolutely awesome. Creative psychopaths all the way. Yeah, I, I'm fully in agreement with you. I, I would just put the small caveat in is that if you go in expecting, you know, uh, a masterpiece of horror, if you go in expecting scares and frights, you, you're not going to get that. But what you no, can no. see is a footprint of all those films that later delivered those. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's where the you know, that's where the rating comes from for us for this. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, right. Well, there you go, then. That was your meaty filling, or, or not meaty, whatever. whatever I, I had some surprisingly passionate at the end of it there. I wasn't expecting that. No, no. Well, I think I, uh, I, I don't know if my retelling of it helped you. Um, but, yeah, lovely. Um, so, time for the final the final slice of bread to complete this delicious horror sandwich. Now, yesterday, yeah. yesterday, no, <laughs> the last podcast that we did, we, 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 we talked in the trailer about horror Lego sets and, um, well, let's talk about that. What, what do you so fancy? <laughs> are you, are you a Lego guy? Do you, I do like a bit of Lego. Yeah. So I, I recently rediscovered Lego. Uh, I, I'm, like my problem as a kid was that we always had all this Lego around, but I never had any imagination. <laughs> so I could, you know, never build anything. Uh, but last year I, I had some disposable income, so I bought some sets. And 
Oh, I, I, I love Lego. It's as do I. Yeah, it's absolutely great. Yeah, in so fact, I'd like some horror movie Lego. Yes, me too. So I'll, I'll let you go first. Then, what, what, what horror set piece would you like to uh, to recreate in brick? Listen, right, I'm going to get this out of the way because it's my most obvious answer. I want the Orca, and I want Jaws, and I want Quint, and I want the other two. Jeez, that's rubbish, that, isn't it? Hooper and Brody. Um, and what I would like is I would like um, the Orca, the boat, obviously, and I would love to see not necessarily the shark, but um, it set on like an ocean with the barrels sticking out, um, sort of running away from the boat. That would be my... I'd like that. That's what I want. That, But, I, you know, obviously that's an obvious one for me. Obviously, I want Jaws everything. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit of a like a tricky one to answer, is it? Because not a great deal of horror films have, you know, a big set piece thing to recreate. You know, like you couldn't really put a, a get out Lego set together. It's like what 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 are you going to build the house? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, you you couldn't do a, a midsummer like. Oh, you could do the big yellow thing they set on fire at the end, I guess. Uh, but speaking of setting things on fire, one thing that you could make out of Lego that which would be absolutely amazing would be a Wicker Man. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yep. That would be like how awesome would that be Just to build a? Well, I mean, how how tall do you think you could realistically make it? Three foot, I suppose. Right. I mean, you could make it as big as you want, but you know, <laughs> they've just brought out an Eiffel Tower, which is a hell of a size. So yeah, so uh, I I would love a Lego Wicker Man. I think that would be a great fun to build. Yeah, that would be good fun. Yeah. Well, I'll... I think with the you know, if you can't build the you know these big sort of landmark things, I do think that the uh, a diorama sort of uh, set. You know, or range would would be quite good as well. Uh, which like, I remember uh, an episode of Lego Masters where they built the room from The Exorcist. Oh yeah, that's that'd be cool. Yeah, I, I also think the room from Saw would be pretty fun. Yeah, um, like the sort of uh, Friends ones and the Office ones have done, which is just a sort of set. Yeah, that um, you know, that yeah, would yeah, be yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the. Uh, which is a bit like a bit depressing, but you know the uh, the sewer at the end of it, like that seems to me like quite like ripe for it. But it just, I don't think it's recognisable enough, is it? It's not not no, distinctive enough. It just no. looked a bit like a, a generic sewer with a big pile of stuff in the middle. Yeah, no, that would be a bit. That would be a bit of a tricky one. Um, but like you say, there's there's something to it. I think. I was only thinking grand scale because the other one that I thought of was uh, the psycho house up on the hill, but not just the house, the the motel as well. But I, imagine, I thought I'm... that uh, that like that one popped into my head, and on the same theme, the Overlook Hotel would be. Oh great. yeah, that would be brilliant. So you know, there's a lot they could do there. Now, I, now we just want horror stuff, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, why stop there? We could, we could get the Nostromo. You know, we could get the the cabin from Evil Dead. You know, there's, saying that, there's a lot that we, <laughs> they could do, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. The cabin from Evil Dead actually would be would be a really interesting set to build. I think the um, uh, the other one that I, I thought was the uh, the house from Beetlejuice. I think would be that would be a, a quirky build. Yeah, I want the shining one. Now you said it. I think that would be really good, especially if you could open it up like a doll's house. Yeah, but I think the problem with that is that The Shining deliberately breaks all the laws of physics, doesn't it? So I don't, <laughs> I don't know how they'd manage that with Lego. I want lifts with Lego blood. That's what I want. Just open it and all the empty pieces fall out. Yeah, all, be... all, all those missing little <laughs> cap things that you put on the end, end of bricks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, 
So we're, no. we're we're petitioning Lego and we're petitioning the BBC for this episode. So well, we're just let's just petition everyone. Let's you've get got it. your homework, listeners. Yeah, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it for you. You know, we we'll no, give we're, you the we're more of the ideas guys here. Yeah, we're not we'll give you the ideas, but we're not going to do it for you. You need to fight your own battles or fight our battles. Just do something. Do something proactive with your lives, like listen to this delicious podcast. Um, and it's lovely sandwiches, which we've made. We've done it again. Out of real, tangible bread and filling, not figurative horror bread and filling. Yeah, we've absolutely done or it again. Lego bread and filling. <laughs> <laughs> it's something's going on. We, we we don't know what's happening, but um, we're confused. Are we? I clearly am. Right, let's call it a day then. Right, everyone, don't forget Facebook groups, Instagrams, all those things. You know, share Letterboxd. Letterboxd. I'm CP Podcast and Matthew's... Well, you, Matthew... Just my name. Just Matthew Thornley. All one word. He's Matthew Thornley. Go look us up. You'll find that I've been watching films every day, almost two a day, and... My brain and, and I haven't because I've been playing Power Washer Simulator. <laughs> My brain's starting to break. Um, that let's go. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm cutting you off now. Okay, bye. Bye.